Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. We're going to move to the time of Q&A, and you should have a, uh, um, a yellow card on your, on, your, uh, on your seat where you can put the question. Maffie and I will do our best to try and answer them, or you can just raise your hand. So we just, for the last 10 minutes during this Encounters with Jesus series, we're offering a chance to ask questions on the talk or the passage or anything that you have in your mind now after hearing that talk or any other question at all. So either raise your hand or do take a little picture and pop that in Slido. So, who might go first? Yes, Mary. How to get rid of the inner hypocrite. The how mafia. <laughs> I'm such a hypocrite. Teach me. Well, it, it is evident that, uh, that my talk could have done it another five minutes on the house. I, I, appreciate, I appreciate that, Mary. A uh, c- couple of things. I think, uh, one, having the right people around you to help uh, call that out. Because uh, as we go along in the Christian life, our inner hypocrite is going to be revealed at various points. And unless we have people there that, who, who can see us for who we really are, then, uh, and who are willing to call that out on us, then often we can, we, we can fool ourselves and we can get away and we can, we can fool other people. But in one sense, that, that's other people. We also need to be self-aware. And this is where I think the Holy Spirit is critical, where the Holy Spirit is moving in our hearts and revealing that, uh, Matthew, you're, you're saying one thing and yet you're doing another, and you're feeling the pinch here somewhere. Uh, what, what is it that's going on? So I think uh, three other people and then the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's very helpful. No, it's very helpful, isn't it? Um, if you can't hear advice that you don't want to hear, mm. it's probably because you're a hypocrite. So are you willing to receive the stinging bit of feedback? I mean, this is stinging from Jesus. Mm. And if you can't hear it, well, why not? Mm. What are you hiding? Who are you performing for? What is it you're so scared of? So it's exactly as Matthew said. Can someone say, listen, sister, listen, brother, this behavior is wrong and it needs to stop, or I see you, but you're busy with church or you're busy with religion, but I know what's really going on. If someone can't do that to you and we need mm. it, I need it. Mm. Then, uh, then we're in trouble. So make sure people can speak in. And I couldn't agree more. The spirit will prompt us and then respond when he does. How should we respond when people ask us if we're religious? That is a great question. I've been asked it so many times, particularly in, in Irish society, you, in the study of religion in school and being religious. I think everyone needs to feel comfortable with how they answer it. And it might even be appropriate to answer different to different people. We've seen how Jesus doesn't have a one set answer for everyone. Mm. So it's not like, here's my answer. But uh, I would encourage us all to talk about Jesus and use his name and talk about relationship. So I might say something like, you know, people often think I'm religious and that's fine. For me, it's about Jesus and following him and knowing him. Or I might be more provocative and say, you know, you think I'm religious. I don't feel I'm religious. What I feel is I have a relationship with God and that's what matters to me and it's through Christ. Mm. So I would encourage you to use the, word, use the word relationship and I would encourage you to use the word Jesus. It's amazing how you can answer by talking about going to church. Well, that's a religious thing, isn't it? So talk about Jesus. I really encourage you to consider that. Mm-hmm. Mafi, what is the right balance between taking the Bible's instructions for worship seriously and worshipping the worship service? Yes. Mm. 
think this comes down to the heart motivation, because uh, I mean we, we can take uh, we can take worship seriously without worship and the worship service, but equally we can take worship seriously and also worship the worship service. And I think it all, all comes down to our heart's motivations. One of the things I, I found as a, as a young man uh, in, in, in my previous church was that whenever something went wrong at the front, whenever uh, somebody got up and the mic wasn't on or somebody read the wrong thing or something happened, why, why was I feeling really anxious inside? Why was I getting annoyed? Why was I getting hot-headed? All because something, something went wrong. What was being revealed in me was that I was worshiping the worship service. I wanted, I wanted professionalism. There was a, there was a professionalistic uh, spirit that was lurking in my heart that showed actually, Matthew, this isn't true worship. What, what you're wanting here is something that, that is professional and polished and slick. And God was revealing that to me by how I was feeling whenever something went wrong. Brilliant. How do, well, that's not so brilliant, but a good answer. <laughs> How do we respond to recent heartbreaking events in Dublin in a non-Farrow Circle way? Well, the person who asked the question has a really deep understanding of how we think about responding. Because mm. the easy thing to do is start pointing the finger. Yeah. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, a famous Christian philosopher, and he was in the Gulag. And he, everyone was starting to point the fingers of you know, the Soviet regime and say, well, they're the problem, and it's on the left. No, they're the problem, they're on the right. And everyone was having a political answer. And he said, the problem is that good and evil runs right through the heart of every heart. Mm. We, if it wasn't for the grace of God, would be doing what happened on Thursday. So it's not that we don't have to con condemn or we don't want our authorities to be putting in things in place. But to, to avoid the pharisaical, the pharisaical spirit is to realize without the grace of God, maybe I'd be there mm. too. My family background, my context, my upbringing, what God has done in my life, why, maybe I'd be there. Mm. And so I think that helps us to go, thank you, Lord. Now we need to put things in place. Mm. But uh, I am not better than those people. Mm. And uh, if you think, well, I am better than those people, Matthew 23, friends. Mm. So uh, we need to hear that we'd all, we, we could all be that. And, and in God's sight, we've all sinned in different ways. So uh, we need to definitely pray. I mean, how should we respond? That's to directly to the question of Pharisee. We need to pray for those that have done the wrongs. We need to pray for those that have suffered. We need to pray for, as George did, our authorities to have wisdom to know what to do now. We need to pray for our own hearts that we won't get overly paranoid with anxiety and fear but know how to respond. But yeah. I think this is a great question, so thanks yeah. for asking it. Any practical ways to obey not... Any practical ways to obey not because we want to be blessed or receive favour from God, but to obey because we, want, because we have received grace, yeah. That dynamic of religion versus uh, grace. Mm -hmm. You want me to go? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Do you want to go? I mean... Uh, Five years ago, Emma and I moved to Dublin here, and uh, it would have been a lot easier to stay in the Northwest. It would have been a lot cheaper, and we would have all the reasons in the world to stay in the Northwest, uh, simply because it would have secured for us a more comfortable lifestyle. And the thing is, what I could have done and what we could have done and what we were tempted to do is to elevate that and say, well, well look, look at the cost that we're accounting. We're, we're, we're staying here and we're committing to Dublin be, um, be, because it's a good thing to do. It's a, it's a righteous thing to do. Now, God, I expect you to bless me as a result. God, you see what I'm doing and you, and you see what I'm counting. Now I need you to come through for me. And that's where the, the, the pharisaical spirit creeps in. 
And so what I needed to do was actually not, not think less of Maffi and not beat Maffi down and not, and not, uh, not get rid of that, but actually just, actually just th think about myself a whole lot less. I don't even need to consider that. God owes me absolutely nothing. I shift the focus and the spotlight away from me and, and on to others, which makes it then a joy to serve and live where I am. Thanks, powerful. Thank you. I think that verse 23 is helpful, isn't it? Keep doing the things that you should be doing, mm -hmm. but don't neglect the really important things about relationship, justice, mercy. And ultimately, we need to receive God's grace afresh. So we're doing these things from a heart mm -hmm. set free rather than a heart like Matthew mm -hmm. said, now you owe me because of things I've done for mm -hmm. you. Um, last question. How to be a critic like Jesus without being a Pharisee? Yeah, it's a good question, isn't it? Jesus is pretty critical. I mean, in Matthew 23 must be linked to Matthew 20, where we are to address sins in one another, but do that in the context of privately and wanting to win them over and then take it to the church and all the rest. Kevin took us through that a few weeks ago. And with Matthew 7, do not judge lest you be judged, and make sure you've dealt with the plank in your own eye before you deal with the speck in others. So you integrate the three together, and uh, I think we should be very cautious to becoming critical mm. uh, in the same way uh, that Jesus clearly has the authority mm. and the perfect moral righteousness to do that. So that Matthew 7 passage mm. is helpful because it, it says, it's not that we can't try and take a speck out of someone else's eye. It's not that we can't discern what a pig is and what pearls are, and therefore we're not to throw pearls to pigs. Mm. So there's discernment going on, but we have no sense of superiority as we bring it. So learning how to bring a critique or bring a challenge humbly and say, listen, I'm a fellow struggler, a fellow sinner. Let me help mm. you with this rather than mm. I stand above you and you're wrong. You know, that's, mm. it's the spirit in which we do things, I think, is, is key. Steve, I'll let you kick this one off. Right, yeah. <laughs> I have to love you, Maff. So oh. um, <laughs> that was a joke. Um, <laughs> if you realize that you are the hypocrite... You will always love other people who are hypocrites. The moment you stop loving a hypocrite is because you think you are perfectly aligned internally and externally, and therefore you can judge that person. Mm. And so as we receive grace for our hypocrisy, then I can have grace for someone else's hypocrisy. It's not that I don't call it out. Mm. Uh, Jesus talks about that in Matthew 7. We must not come with a judgmental spirit, but we are still to discern uh, you know, deal the plank in our eye, but there's still a place for picking specks out of other people's eyes. Mm -hmm. But our spirit will be very humble. We'll come as a fellow sinner, hypocrite, grappling together with how to live that life. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think realize that you're the hypocrite and therefore uh, come humbly when mm -hmm. you want to help someone else when you see discrepancy in their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, secondly, I did not coin that phrase. Perhaps uh, Peter Haas coined it. It's in his book. Now, there's nothing new under the sun, so maybe somebody else coined it and he took it from them, but no, it wasn't me. Uh, so, Matthew, second question. Tips yeah. for approaching serving in church, ministry, and not having it become a work, a chore, a place for us to be hypocritical? Great question. Mm -hmm. Over to you, Matthew. Yeah, re really good question. I think even just asking that question of ourselves makes us aware of the tendency and the possibility that this could uh, become something that's hypocritical and it could become a work and a, and a chore. And, and so we, we've got to always uh, consider our hearts, consider our motivations uh, for, for doing what we are doing. And you know, there, there may be seasons in which it does feel like a, a, a bit of a chore. And we've got to ask, ask our, our heart, we've got to consider, um, what is my motivation for doing what I am doing? 
am I, am I doing this to please others? Am I doing this to make, to make Mafe happy? Or am I doing this to, to serve God? Who, who is my master here? Is, is, is my, my church or is my pastor the master? Or am I, am I serving, serving God wholeheartedly? Yeah, and the Mary Martha story, Luke chapter 11, is a helpful mm. one, isn't it? You know, Martha's busy with all the things to make sure Jesus is hospitable, but Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to what he has to say, and Martha gets all annoyed. So if you are doing church work from the wrong reasons, you'll quickly get annoyed with everyone else who doesn't mm. work as hard as you. And you'll find these people that are super devoted to Jesus, but they're not on all the teams. And you know, mm. what's going on? And so go back to that passage and say, I need to choose what is best. It's just being with Jesus, which still involves being part of church and everything, but it's you'll realize your heart has slipped from devotion to Jesus to, to what Matthew is saying. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the practices as a staff eldership team you've implemented to guard against and hold one another accountable from pharisaical mm-hmm. religious mindset? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, one of the things we do as a staff team twice a year is we come together and have a whole day sharing our biggest struggles together as a team and we put time aside and we have no agenda other than just listen carefully to one another and we want to create a space where weakness and sin and failure is a uh, we want to create a culture of grace within our staff and eldership team so Maffy and I mm-hmm. will, can challenge one another we can confess sin to one another and that happens but then with the wider team we do that deliberately mm-hmm. every six months and mm-hmm. focus on nurturing the soul we also prioritize all of us uh, key leaders staff and elders being in life groups where they're not just leading but coming as fellow le- learners and where people know our hearts inside out uh, and the start of that process is always us being vulnerable um, so yeah, mm. we we have got a lot to learn, but those are some of the things that help us guard against mm. anyone putting us on a pedestal in our little team because they quickly mm. learn all oh, there's quite a lot of ugly stuff in Steve's heart, and I'm the one sharing it. So mm. yeah, or, or they're seeing it. Yeah, yeah very good. Uh, so Matthew, how can you guard against being like Pharisees on our Sunday services, city groups? Uh, how c- these can become religious routines where we talk acts a certain way. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're turning up to church, and if I'm turning up to church because this is another Sunday event or or this is just another Sunday or we're playing church, then already we're straight into this this pharisaical mindset that we're just, it's just religious observance. And so I I think for me, my drive in, I have a 30-minute drive every every Sunday uh, to get from Santry direction into here. And that's a wonderful opportunity for me just to guard my heart to protect my heart, to, to pray for myself, to pray for the congregation, and, and, and to make sure that I'm, I'm centered on Christ and not on this is a job that, that Mafia has to do or this is, this is just something I have to turn up for. So I, I think being intentional and taking these, these moments myself, and the thing is, I, I've got it wrong, and to the last question, uh, it's great putting these guardrails in place, but we've got a culture in which we can hold one another to account for where Steve has called me out and said, Maffy, uh, you Pharisee of Pharisees. Now, that was a while ago, and that, and that hurt deeply. But whenever he showed me what was going on, I, I was able to repent of it. But it was wonderful that that could happen, because if that didn't happen, then that would have spiraled down the, down the line. So it was important that we set, set that culture. I forgot about that highlight in our relationship when I called you a Pharisee of Pharisees. Uh, thanks I d- for bringing I that. In- I didn't include it in the talk. Um, so if God is only concerned about our hearts and faith, why does he give us so many laws, uh, instructions, particularly in the Old Testament and, and in the New, I agree. Mm. That is a great question. 
there is a tendency to think it doesn't really matter what I do as you know I just need to get my heart right no the key question is why do you do what you do mm. God is very keen on our obedience and he gives us lots of ways to say this is how you are to live as Christians and how what how you use your money and how you use your tongue and how you use your time and and I mean there's so many so many laws in the old and new testament that we ask to obey the question is why do we obey them mm. are we obeying them to put God in our debt and improve our sense of you know self-worth or we do, we, are we obeying as a response to, of grateful joy to mm. resemble and, and, and be like Jesus, but not to be seen or any virtue signaling or any sense of now, God, you owe me and all that mm. kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's really important because you can go, oh, it doesn't really matter what I do. No, it really matters what you do, but mm. it matters more why you do it. And then getting grace into the heart so that it's grateful joy and to re- mm. be like and resemble Jesus. Um, just to come back to a number of these questions, how do I guard against... Definitely having context where people can speak into your life and say stinging things to you. Matthew 23 is a stinging passage. Mm. Someone has to be able to say to you, brother, sister, I love you, and that's why I'm telling you this hard thing. And if you shut yourself off from that feedback, it's very easy to become a Pharisee. Someone has, oh, excuse me, someone has to be able to go in, and that's piercing and hard. But I mean, Matthew 23 is piercing and hard. And Jesus wants to win people over. So that's one thing to guard against. Always give permission to people. People you love, people who know you. Um, Another thing just to think on a lot of these questions is the symptoms, the root versus the fruit. Mm. So the fruit of my life is I'm I'm finding church, serving in church just very tiring and boring. I'm starting to get irritated with other people who don't work as hard as me. I'm, I, I'm judging that person over there. I'm quick to this. I'm quick to get angry. I'm irritable all the time. Look at the symptoms in our life that look like a Pharisee mm. and go, what's the root there? So spot your symptoms or allow others to. That can be a helpful thing on a lot of these mm. questions. Um, have we got, have we run out of time uh, for, it's gone quarter two. watch at home. Okay, it's gone quarter two. So maybe if we haven't uh, answered your question, mm. you can uh, come, but we want to finish promptly now. But uh, mm. thanks for the question. Do you want to pray, Steve? Sure, yeah, I pray. Father, we come again and confess where we are the hypocrites and the Pharisee and where we have started to build our own sense of self-worth through what we've done, where we judge others, where we complain at you because you haven't blessed us how we expected you to bless us after we'd lived so hard for Mm. you, where we, we thought you are in our debt rather than we're in your debt, and where we have joyless obedience because we are now just slaving away and we've forgotten you are a loving Father. And through grace in Christ, we have received forgiveness, adoption, eternal life as a gift. I pray this Christmas, the wonder of grace will come afresh to us all again. And that you would, as that book says, you'd help us to joyfully remove our inner Pharisee and live in the light, live transparently, and live in freedom as we've sang just there. So set us free from where we are slaves to being a Pharisee. And pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.